0: Moncrief, with Anna Glaze on News Talk.
1: Well, listen to this. A letter written by Christopher Columbus, after his return to Europe after his time in the Caribbean, is up for auction later this month. But why is this document so significant? How does it help us understand the true motivations? of this controversial man. Joining me now to tease all of this out and more is Caroline Dodds pinnock lecturer in international history at the University of Sheffield and author of On Savage Shores, How Indigenous Americans Discovered Europe. Caroline, great to have you on the show.
0: Thanks so much for having me. It's really exciting to be able to talk about this amazing letter.
1: Yeah, explain to us what is so amazing about it?
0: Well, this is actually uh, a printed edition of the letter. It's not the letter itself. So in 1493, Columbus returns to Europe after discovering what he thinks is part of Asia, hence calling the indigenous inhabitants Indians. He thinks he's in India. And he comes back and He is part of an expedition that was funded by the Spanish crown. So he writes a letter to the crown trumpeting his discoveries and saying how incredible it is. That letter was actually written in Spanish to the crown. This is the second edition of the letter, letter, a Latin translation that was published in 1493. It's incredible actually because it was so widely published. This is the beginning of the age when the printing press is huge and there are Uh, I think it's 17 editions just in the first five years of this letter. So you get about 3,000 copies of the letter, which for this period is enormous. It means huge amounts of propaganda, of publicity for his uh, discovery as he sees it.
1: And would people have known what they were reading when they read it? I know that's a difficult question for you to answer, but this is so significant. I would imagine that why it's being reproduced is because people are enjoying getting to read it.
0: Absolutely. It's very much a piece of well-written kind of publicity. Lots of exciting details. He claims to have met an island of cannibals, which is very appealing from the point of view of a reader. Of course, it all sounds very dramatic, Hmm. although in reality, it's designed to justify the enslavement of those people because cannibalism is one of the few reasons that you can uh, enslave indigenous people in this period. So it's a a kind of justification. But it also is clearly something that intellectuals, um, religious figures, politicians and so on from this period, the the intellectual elite essentially, would have been absolutely fascinated by it. And it really plays into a big political um, situation in that period because as early as 1493, the Pope declares that Spain can have have everything west of a particular line, what we now think of as the Americas, on condition that they evangelise the people that they find there. And Portugal is disputing with them about where the line is. Other countries, of course, want to be involved in these new encounters, whether they be Asia or something entirely new. It, it's There's a lot of fascination, a lot of wonder, really, about what they've found, but also all these political agendas going on, on the part of Columbus and on the part of the Crown. It's It's in their interest to promote it.
1: Columbus himself is revealed in this letter, right? And that's obviously a fascination for you, Caroline. You, you, you've you a, a massive interest in the man himself. What do we learn from it, apart from his ability to uh, self-promote in a Donald Trump kind of way?
0: I think Columbus is a really fascinating figure because he has had such a tremendous legacy. But actually, that legacy... Is reinvented over and over and over again. In this moment, he is a man who is trying to justify the uh, investment of the Spanish crown in his expedition, trying to gain rewards for himself. And he does gain very large rewards. He's declared Admiral of the Ocean Sea and also get money for more expeditions. And so you see the two parts of the encounter really, really clearly, or I suppose three parts. There's the wonder at this new place, uh, this this place that is new, of course, to Europeans, not to the people who live there. You also see the justifications of enslavement, Mm -hmm. as I say. So this deliberate diminishing both of the capacity of these people, they're fools who can be traded with and taken advantage of, they're cannibals who can be exploited and enslaved. And then also, they're people who are Perfect subjects for conversion. They're ideal Catholic neophytes. You know, mm. people that are perfect because they go there, and it, it is a tropical paradise in some ways. Beautiful landscapes, ready for exploitation, in Columbus's words, but also. It seems to them almost like a Garden of Eden. We know now that the indigenous peoples, what we tend to call the Taino, that's the name their descendants prefer, but they wouldn't have called themselves that at the time. The Taino peoples were uh, didn't tend to wear very many clothes. They lived in relatively small settlements, unlike the indigenous peoples on the mainland, like the Aztec Mexica peoples who had big cities. It looked like a, an innocent, a more, um, in their minds, more primitive place where they can found a beautiful, perfect new church. Even people who committed human sacrifice later, European writers said these would be the most diligent. Catholics in all the world, if only we could direct their religious fervour in the right direction. So you have these two sides, this evangelisation and then that exploitation that sits side by side in that letter.
1: I could talk about this all day with you, Caroline. Uh, Caroline, if you co- didn't catch the start of this, is Caroline Dodds-Pinnock from a lecture in international history at the University of Sheffield. And we are, of course, talking about this Christopher Columbus letter that is going on sale in Christie's and expected to fetch 1.2 million sterling. Do you think it's a bit of a steal at that before we go, Caroline? And again, I'm sorry this has to be so brief.
0: I, th- I think that's an awful lot of money for a second edition of a second printing of the letter. But I can totally see why it's hugely valued because it's kind of symbolic of a particular moment in a particular time. And and Columbus's own legacy is incredibly uh, complicated. He was the largest single trader in enslaved indigenous peoples in this period. Three thousand indigenous people that we know of alone that he traded across the Atlantic. And yet, at the same time, it is symbolic of a particular moment when Europeans are learning about a world that is unfamiliar to them, and that world it does form the beginnings of our kind of global exchange of of our modern world as we see it today. I mean, my book is about the indigenous peoples that he brought with him and their significance in Europe. We don't think about those, we think about these explorers, don't we, like Columbus who go west? Of course,
1: yes. Uh, On Savage Shores is the name of the book. You can get it, I guess, everywhere that you get good books. Caroline Pinnock, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I'm not sure I'll be blowing 1.2 million of my fortune on this. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm
0: with Anna Glaze on News Talk.